Welcome. This is Joseph Vardy Presents. We are so, so lucky to have um, Dr. Furman um, on today. Um, he's an author and um, of many books. And, and, um, and uh, welcome, Dr. Furman. How are you? I'm doing great. Excited to talk to you today. Well, you know, um, I did some research and, of course, found out that you were professional ice skater before all this other that stuff happened. That's correct. Back in the 1970s, I was second in the United States in pairs figure skating with my sister. Is that fabulous? That's my one of my favorite things. So what led you to, to go into this field? You know, I, I think that as, through my teenage years and even through my ice skating career, um, my father was overweight. He was a little, he was sickly and he started reading health books to help his own health to lose weight and get healthy again. And I read him along with him and I just started getting into nutrition and as a means to prevent disease and even treat disease. And I became more passionate about it as I got older and decided then to pursue a career in, in nutritional medicine and being a doctor specializing in that. So back in the 19, you know, 1980s when I went to medical school, I recognized then that this would be something important for the future of America and the world, and that most of the diseases that plague um, the modern world are, don't have to happen. They're the result of nutritional ignorance. And you don't have to have a heart attack. You don't have to have a stroke. You don't have to have diabetes. You don't have to get demented and get cancer. These things are largely the results of we're eating a diet not well designed for our species. But my specialty evolves so that as we're designing the right dietary portfolio to maximize human lifespan, we find that the same practices enable work therapeutically to enable people to make full recoveries and get well from autoimmune conditions like psoriasis and lupus, to reverse heart disease and have it melt away so you don't have to have angioplasty, bypass surgery, or, or heart attacks or, or strokes, and, and get, well from, get better from diabetes and not have diabetes anymore. Type 2 diabetes goes away completely, and people can get off all their medications, have their blood pressure come back to normal. So what I'm saying is that it's not just, you know, my specialty in nutritional excellence enables me to have a tremendous toolbox to enable people to make dramatic health recoveries, and that's what really excites me. And you've had lots and lots of, of, of positive results on this, I know. You know, I've, I've been doing this for more than three decades, and it's so rewarding to watch people with serious illnesses get well again. And I've been, you know, I, as you said earlier, I've written over 10 books, um, seven of which have become New York Times bestsellers. And because of, yes. my, um, because of my pledge shows and my exposure on television, from public television and, and edu nutritional education shows, there are many, many thousands of people, I could say hundreds of thousands of people have been familiar. I've sold millions of books, obviously, you know, to have to, um, seven New York Times bestsellers. So millions of people have read my work. Many hundreds of thousands have transformed their life and, you know, so it's been a real movement. If you can see, uh, you could say that um, that I've seen people get well from incredibly serious conditions. We're talking about um, people recovering psoriatic arthritis, multiple sclerosis going away. Um, you know, getting um, having even a degree of heart damage and chest pains, and some degree of heart failure, enabling the heart to remodel itself and people to recover completely and get off the medications. People are able to throw away the diabetic drugs and get well from diabetes. But I also, um, a lot of what I do has to do with dealing with people who are overweight, who have food addictions. And I have, a, and I, and, and I have information and books and a team of professionals that I work with on my staff to help people recover from food addictions. And we even have a center in San Diego where people can come and stay here for two to three You know, months. I read that. I think yeah. that's phenomenal. Yeah, um, I think that's phenomenal. And, and there at that center, what, well, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but well, I'm so excited about this because what do you what do you do there? Well, the you center? know, you can imagine a lot of people can do, read the information and learn it from me and do it on their own, but so many people can't seem to be able to make that you know jump to be able to make an, enough of a dietary change. So we, what they do here is it's so important to to for abstinence, to abstain from your addictive triggers, to be off the sugar and the oils and the fried foods and the junk food and the fast food, 
So we teach them how to make healthy food taste great. The average, we make sure they lose at least 15 pounds the first month and 10 pounds the second. Wow. So people, people drop a lot of weight. They're, they're learning how to eat healthfully. They're put back control of their health system. They're directly under my medical care. But I have a whole team of, of, like, of, of food addiction therapists. So they're doing not just exercise and cooking classes and my lectures, but they're also getting lectures on, um, you know, on a, the, the foundational behavioral problems that lead to food addiction and, of course, how they can leave here with the ability to eat right and to continue the weight loss they started here for the few months they were here. What makes it so unique is that it's important for people to, like, spend some time. You can't just go away for a week, drop some weight, and think you're going to eat that weight <laughs> for the rest of your life. It's so helpful. You know, people with you know years ago, I worked at La Costa, where you spent $5,000 oh, right. a week, and they'd give you, like, Bird seed, <laughs> practically, and then they work you. They work you in the gym, and then you go home and eat four times as much as you did before you went in. Um, that's what everybody did. exactly. That's the whole. That's why places people they go to these places. They lose some weight. They feed them sprouts and and or whatever they feed them, and they get feel better and they get healthier. And they go home a week or two later, and they go back to the old way of eating. They gain the weight exactly back. Exactly right. Their time. Unless you have to change the people's mind and the way they think and the way they think, they, the, their whole um, person, when they leave here, the personalities change, the way they do food changes. They're grateful for the, for, the, for, nat, for the world of this natural food they're eating and they know how to make it taste great and they've retrained their taste buds and they recognize how they were using food um, you know, in an addictive way and how that was putting, keeping them in a prison and they're learning how to break free from the prison so this becomes the way they prefer to eat and live. And, and, and what we see is like, I just saw a guy, for example, who's a wealthy guy who was here for six weeks and he lost, he lost um, 40 pounds when he was here. And then he went home in the last five months, he's lost another 40 pounds at home. So now wow. he's lost a, to- a total of 85 pounds, I think he lost in six months. And I had wow. another woman here who just left and she lost 50 pounds while she was here. For six weeks, and then she went home, and she lost 150 pounds a year. She was the first year she was home after she left. Wow! See, norm- that doesn't happen normally. Normally, they'll do that with you, and then I'll go home and gain weight or whatever. Because, but you're teaching them how to to use the same food when they were there as they do at home, right? Exactly. They just reproduce what they did here, and they know how to do it. And they've got their toolbox, and they're they've really no they've lost their cravings, and it takes time to lose the addictive love affair with your things that hurt you. And, and they know, and they, so they, we have a whole, I have a, uh, you know, a counseling team that specializes in food addiction. So we really know how to get people to make the changes necessary so they can stay with this and really enjoy going home and sticking with it. So, and, but it takes time to do that. You can't just come away for a week or two. That's why, you know, I encourage people to stay two or three months to really make sure that they can lock this in and stay with it when they leave and make sure they, once they lose the weight, you don't want to gain it back again or you wasted all your time and money. Well, you know, um, a, long, a few years back, I had a cousin in Pennsylvania, is where I'm from, and she had she was full of cancer, and and um, I got your CDs and your books, and I sent I paid for them and I sent them to her, and I gave her at least another ten years of life because mm-hmm. of you because of what you told what you read about what they read about, um, and so I know this works. And I, I, I just wish you were closer. <laughs> yeah, wh- you know, where do you live? I, I'm in. Well, I, I spent 29 years in San Diego, but I'm in Seattle right now. We're actually sheltering, which is a little small area out of Lipia. Right. But um, I, I just well myself, I have a little diabetes, and I, I'm on the small. You know, I watch it. I, I need to do everything that you're talking about. Um. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm very, because... I'm very against di- people being on diabetic medications with type two diabetes. Oh, it's because they oh really, yeah, it really makes the di- the medications generally makes them worse, makes them put on weight, makes pushes the beta cells in the pancreas to work harder, and makes it poop out faster. And I'm what I'm con- what I'm um, suggesting is that most medical care, we're giving people drugs for these illnesses, makes it harder for them to get well. It advances the disease more rapidly as it controls the blood sugar, 
and that people aren't, it's not adequately explained to them that they have to, be, to reduce their body fat and reduce the glycemic load of their diet and start flooding their body exactly with, right. phyto, with yes. phytonutrients. And the, these chemical agents that are in, or I should say these phytochemical agents in onions and mushrooms and green cruciferous vegetables, we make, they have an incredible restorative effect on the failing beta cells in the pancreas. And we can, if we feed these people properly and show them how to do it, it's very rarely that they can't make a recovery from type 2 diabetes and become completely non-diabetic. Wow. So you've got to be one of these people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to, I'm, I'm, I'm 80. I'll be 82 in August. Oh, and, wow. um, and my mother lived to be 101. And she, I took care of her, so I made sure that she had all the right stuff. And, of course, you know, caregivers are always the ones that are die, and then other people are still going strong. Um, but, yeah, well, I want to I, talk to you about I have I have a couple of friends, doctor, who have cancer right now, and they're on chemo. And I wanted to ask you about that. What do you suggest that people do in that situation? Well, by the way, can I just um, insert that I would love you to read my book, The End of Diabetes, and follow the protocol in there so you can maximize your health. The End of Diabetes yes. is the book for you. Yes. Okay, the, as far as your friends are concerned, in some types of slowly growing cancers, like postmenopausal breast cancer, chemo virtually does almost nothing. And it's, my nutritional approach is so much more effective. If you have a premenopausal breast cancer, which is rapidly or aggressively growing, then chemo is necessary and appropriate. But even then, chemo generally doesn't kill every single cell. It may kill, it may leave one out of a million or one out of a hundred thousand cells, and those five or ten years later, something could grow back. So what I'm saying is, combining the chemo at that point with this, with these anti-cancer portfolio and protocol with the juicing and the right supplements we use and the and the green salads with the you know, the onions and the mushrooms and the mushroom extracts and things. So what I'm saying is that whether chemo was absolutely necessary, you still need to combine it with this protocol. But in many cases, chemo was not necessary, and they're better off just doing the dietary protocol and not even bother with the chemo. And for just to give an example, um, my sister-in-law had a very aggressive premenopausal breast cancer, and she never really listened to me or followed what I wanted her to do to eat healthy until she then got this diagnosis of breast cancer, and she had to have um, chemo and surgery to remove it. The, um, but the time they, but the time, so she finally, of course, went on my plan, and she had the chemo first, and then we went to do the surgery. They couldn't find it. It was gone. The chemo totally wiped it out. There was nothing there to take out. And they, they said they don't really see that, but she was doing, you know, so maybe the diet helped with that or not. But the point I'm making is, the, for that type of treatment in cancer, usually the five or 10 year longevity is not that great, a recurrence rate. And I have people like my sister and like many other people that are out 15, 20, 25 years that are doing this protocol that do not, that have not gotten recurrence and have not gotten, you know, are totally well wow. and lost their fear of this. And, you know, there are studies that, that back, back this up because I, and I, and I go into that. I go into all the different foods like flaxseed, the study on, breast cancer patients followed for 10 years who were taking in these lignans from flax seeds and chia seeds, and those given uh, less than a milligram of lignin a day had a 71% decreased risk of recurrence or death compared to those not giving those lignans from flax seeds. Then we looked at studies with mushrooms, and then the studies with green vegetables. In other words, we have a lot of um, documented, well-documented scientific research to show that these foods that extend lifespan and prevent cancer are the same dietary portfolio that can decrease chance of recurrence and enhance lifespan and in people who already got cancer. So if you haven't, you know, now's the time to make the change, whether you have cancer or not. But certainly for these people that have cancer, and many of them come down to our retreat here in San Diego and stay here to use to learn the protocol and to stay here a while to get themselves back in gear. But we, we show them those, the vegetables, they have a glass of vegetable juice usually twice a day, which has one-third green cruciferous and one-third lettuce and one-third carrot and beet, maybe a little ginger or lemon in there for flavor. But they have the vegetable juice, and, of course, they eat the otherwise this dietary portfolio 
with all these favorable nutrients, nutrients in it to help the body uh, immune system be able to defend itself against cancer. I know that you have a tea that, um, that's a mushroom-based. Yes, we have that 10 mushroom extract in my immune biotech supplement that people get for improving immune function against cancer. Yeah, I really want take, to get some of that. We take that same 10 mushroom extract and we make it into a tea so people can get like drink it in water and have a very flavorful, delicious tea that has the mushroom extracts and the astragalus in it. And the tea, people love the flavor of that tea. It makes so some people can take it as a supplement. Other people prefer to take it in the tea form, you know. Our mushroom chai tea. I know, I know that I know for a fact, and I've learned this from you, that mushrooms stop cancer in the tracts. Well, mushrooms, you know, I, I don't, you know, mushrooms have anti-cancer effects for sure, and you know, we put. It's never the one thing that's going to do it. It's never just the mushroom. We have to do everything combined to be most effective. Yeah. And nothing's ever black and white. It's not always going to work in every case. There are some cancers that are more aggressive that do need more conventional, need conventional care. Nevertheless, um, mushrooms are incredibly powerful foods to fight cancer. They've, they're, they're angiogenesis inhibitors. Natural angiogenesis inhibitors means they prevent the spread of blood vessels. And cancers can't grow and spread unless they claim a new blood supply and have more blood vessels grow in to feed them. Cancers secrete angiogenesis promoting factors in mushrooms counter that and don't let the cancer cells gain a blood supply. And mushrooms are natural aromatase inhibitors. An aromatase inhibitor is like tamoxifen that doctors give people with breast cancer to lower estrogen. Mushrooms naturally lower estrogen and improve the estrogen-progesterone ratio and, and have anti-estrogenic effects on breast tissue. And mushrooms have other beneficial factors, of course, that they have rich in ergotheanine, they, uh, they, which means they stabilize the DNA in cell. They, they have an effect to protect DNA damage and increase our, the stability of our stem cells So for, for replenishing, for cell replenishment. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why mushrooms are an integral part of an so, animal diet. So, doctor, what is, what is in that mushroom tea besides mushrooms? Um, it's mostly just mushrooms. I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, it's just different flavors of mushrooms. There must be something in it, that, but maybe some other, um, you know, but it's all, of course, healthy organic ingredients. There might be some other factors in there. I, I can look it up real fast, but. Um, well, it's okay. I was just thinking. Um, um, also, um, people with, um, with diabetes, I mean, they, they take their medication and then they don't follow their diet and there they are. There's a real problem right. with that. Um, but you know what it is, is that the American diet is simply deadly. And then you go to a doctor after you develop a medical problem. And instead of, and, and doctors shouldn't be changing your diet after you develop a medical problem. You should be changing your diet way before. You know, everybody should be improving and healthy to prevent these things. But even when you develop a dietary-induced medical problem like diabetes, instead of the doctor making sure you eat healthfully and reverse it with nutrition and advocating for that, they just write a prescription, which is a permission slip to make you have the same diet that caused the problem to begin with, and inevitably you get worse and worse. Oh, I just opened up the website, to, you know, at my website and saw that, Organic mushroom mix of reiki, shiitake, mataki, cordyceps, you know, all these mushrooms. Um, it has organic turmeric in it and curcumoids and turmeric. It has turmeric has hibiscus um, in it, and it's, uh, it's got some, a chaya, some chaya spices, a chaya spice blend in it, too. So it's got a, numerous things to make it, some to make it, you know, these spices that are healthy for you, turmeric, hibiscus, and also, of course, these different mushroom, 10 different mushroom extracts. So I wanted to ask you about this virus. I know that. Um, can you talk about that? You know, I'm glad you asked me that, that to make sure we didn't forget that, to talk about that, because um, so important than ever before, and you may know because you know me, you may, you've read my, some of my materials in the past. You may know I wrote a book called Super Immunity, and the Super Immunity talks about how, and they talked about this five years ago, that a virus like this was predicted this was going to happen because people are eating so poorly, eating so many processed foods and fast foods and flours and, and sugars and whatever it is they're eating, that their immune system is shot. And I discussed the probability that, whole, that large numbers of a population 
are going to become susceptible to simple coronaviruses that otherwise would just normally cause colds in healthy people. And people are actually going to die from because their immune systems aren't going to work normally when you have a novel or new virus they've never seen before. And so this is, we expected this. It could have been predicted. Our whole, we have this fast food mentality. People are eating fried foods and fast foods and processed foods, and they're not eating a, a vegetable-based diet. They're not eating them onions and mushrooms and berries and seeds and greens. And they're not, you know, they're not, uh, G-bombs, G-B-O-M-B-S, greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, seeds. You need to eat the full portfolio of immune-supporting foods that, that support the growth of favorable bacteria in the digestive tract, too. But what I'm saying right now is that us nutritarians, people who have been following my teachings, are not vulnerable to COVID-19. Healthy people do not catch and get hurt by COVID-19. And if you're, if you're eating more conventionally and you're not healthy, change your diet right now. If having a heart attack or stroke or cancer 20, 30 years from now isn't going to make you change, and you don't want to, you're not going to be, you know, do it right now because the COVID could, could, you know, something bad could happen to people and people are getting really badly sick and some people are dying and it doesn't have to happen to you. And immediately, within two or three weeks of making this dietary change, even if you're overweight, your body can start changing its biochemistry and developing tremendous protective immune system normalization. What I'm saying right now is that, like when this person with diabetes who's 100 pounds overweight, when they go through gastric bypass or lap band, they start losing weight pretty rapidly. Their diabetes may go away in the first month, even while they're still overweight. When we see people adopt my way of eating, they're starting to put the nutrients in their body. And if they can lose it, if they're losing at least a kilogram a week, the combination of flooding the body with nutrients as they're losing a kilogram of body weight a week, a week starts to enable the inflammation to go down the production of reactive oxygen species because fat cells spew out cytokines and lipokines. Fat cells excite the immune system, cause a lot of inflammation, chronic inflammation in the body, and get you primed to overreact and have something harmful happen to you when you're exposed to a virus like this. So it's a combination of having chronic disease, being overweight, and just eating poorly on people who don't have chronic disease, just, in, just not eating enough it's healthy foods. Is it true that inflammation is the number one killer? Well, you could say that toxicosis and results when you see when your body doesn't take in enough antioxidants and phytochemicals, when you're eating poorly, you eat mostly processed foods and animal products, which most Americans do, and they're only eating about two percent of calories from vegetables in America. So what we're saying is that Yes, the person builds up retained metabolic waste products like the active oxygen species and advanced glycation end products. You build up these toxins, and it causes a chronic inflammation in the body. So inflammation is the result of eating poorly. And inflammation then, of course, causes heart disease, increases risk of cancer, prevents immune, normal immune function, has cytokine storm can occur when you're exposed to a novel virus and it replicates. What I'm saying also is viral invasion and replication occurs so that the virus can change its DNA and mutate in the body to evade immune system capture. And that, and that wow. only happens in people who are immunosuppressed. So the virus can have a prolonged life in the body, evade capture by the immune system, and result in, in a tremendous amount of damage in people who, who don't eat properly. And, and of course, only 2.4% of the American population just under 3% of the American population is a normal weight and eats healthfully. The other people, the other 10% or so of a normal weight people, because 88% of people have a BMI above 23, so an unfavorable, so 88% of the population has an unfavorable BMI, you know, body mass index. But I'm saying of the 12 or 13% that's a normal weight, most of them are, are normal weight because they're sickly, because they smoke cigarettes, because they're alcoholics, because they have depression, chronic disease, autoimmune conditions, depression, you know, some occult cancers. But there's, it's only under 3% that's really a normal way because they're super healthy, because they're really healthy and they exercise and they eat right. So that's why this virus is, is, is killing populations. That's why we're destroying, uh, the, destroying countries and causing so much death is because we spread this processed food mentality and this unhealthy way of eating. It, it's ubiquitous in the modern world. 
and at least people at incredible risk that doesn't have to happen. Well, why is why why is it that people in Europe, at least my my view of people in Europe, are all is it because they eat better? You know, they don't really eat better in Europe than we eat here. They eat almost the same. I mean, there's there's certainly more overweight people here. There's certainly more fried food consumption and people eating, you know, really into eating more fast food. So they eat a little better. And because they eat a little better, they get a little better outcome. But they don't, but they don't eat a lot better. They're not like eating really super over there. You know, we have the blue zones, they're called, around the world where people are living a lot longer, like, you know, Okinawa, Loma Linda. You know, um, well, we know why you're living in Okinawa, right? We know because they they eat other they eat other garden, they eat fresh stuff, they eat fish, they eat, and they, know, and even a hundred years old, they're out doing gardening. You know, Sardinia, there's all these places. But what I'm saying right now is none of these blue zones are eating that perfectly. They all have their pros and cons. But what I'm saying, a nutritarian diet is scientific, is science based. And it takes the best aspects of all the different blue zones, enables us to take, have an unprecedented opportunity in human history to live longer than people could have in the past, to be healthier than they could be in the blue zone, and to not just extend human lifespan 10 years, but extend functional and healthy life expectancy by more than 20 years. And people can have great health without fear of getting cancer or heart disease. And even though the blue zones are better than the way we're eating, of course, and so much better, of course. No one blue zone is doing everything right. And we, when, and we have so much information today to be able to teach people what they, have, what they could do to protect themselves. So whether it's COVID or whether it's protecting yourself against breast cancer or whether it's getting rid of your psoriasis, what I'm saying is that nutritional science has the answer today. And my 30 years of experiencing using nutritional science as a therapeutic modality results in almost miraculous changes. People would, on the, I had a woman who was on the national renal transplant list waiting for a new kidney from lupus, made a complete recovery. Her creatinine went from wow. 4 to 0. 0.8. I mean, I'm talking, watching these people transform their health, get rid of their autoimmune conditions, get rid of their, you know, we're saying get their health back. And so, yes, I'm, I'm all about, as you can imagine, motivating people to make the changes necessary have a great, happy, and healthy life, because to not take advantage of us when we have this knowledge is just criminal, that people are ignoring this and committing suicide with their knives and forks. I mean, I mean you've been doing this for so long, and, and you think more people would get this. I know, but it is growing. You know, it's a growing movement, and there are restaurants now where you can get this healthy food, and I have world-class chefs around the world and some host making, you know, help making these recipes that I've taught them with its nuts and seeds and the salad dressings and the, and the soups with the vegetables, with the vegetable juices in the base. And, you know, we do have a, a huge growing army of people across the world that are adopting this way of life. But as we're doing that at the same time, there's still the vast majority of people are in the dark, addicted to their habits and living life on the edge of just barely living. And it leads to depression and anger, and it leads to just living here. And so many people, once they get to be older, you know, they have no quality of life anymore because they've eaten themselves to their, uh, close to their death. How do you feel about people being um, who don't eat meat? Well, I think that's great not to eat meat. But, but, of course, that's not enough to have good health. You have to eat that. You have to have a diet with the right nuts and seeds, with the, you know, the right kind of beans in there, the right kind of green vegetables, and the scallion and the onion. So it's great to take the meat out of your diet, but you can't just take the meat out and then start to eat pizza and donuts and more white bread and more more and more spaghetti and more, you know some of these people even on vegan diets are not eating healthy diets just because they took the meat out. They think they're healthy and it really gets them nowhere unless they start to eat really healthy foods in there. You know what I mean? But let me tell you, we make healthy food taste so great, and I can brag and say my recipes are really phenomenal. That's not I, have to my tell you, I was going to tell you that. I couldn't believe the stuff I read on your site. I mean, some of that stuff, how can you lose weight on pancakes? Well, pancakes, well, we don't have a flour-based pancake there, but we may have something made with bean flour or beans or something. 
you know, because it's less glycemic. But we have like ice creams, for example, made with frozen banana and macadamia nuts and some real vanilla bean powder. Or we have, you know, um, a, a Thai curry sauce made with hemp seeds and lemongrass and, and a date instead of any sweetening agent. And, you know, and so we and so in other words, we're making, you know, we're making all these delicious sauces, salad dressings, desserts, main dishes, wok dishes, soups. We show people that you can be super healthy without losing the, the enjoyment of eating flavorful food. And I think that we've done a really magnificent job of myself and the contributions to famous chefs all over the world who have put their ideas into this to help me achieve these incredible recipes. They're just phenomenal. I saw, I saw you had some cauliflower, which is one of my favorite things, but it's pretty blah if you don't do something with it. And you have right. one where you have it brown. You brown in the oven? Well, we have all different ways. Yes, we have all different types of cauliflower. But one thing I like to make cauliflower mashed potato, we actually fry onions on a dry pan. You don't put any oil in the pan. You just get a very hot pan. You cut up the onion very fine and you sizzle it on this dry pan. And then you can mix it with a little spinach, with a cauliflower, of course, with a little cashew butter. And then we, of course, mix in a little bit of a, just a little bit of white potato in there. To give it a little, make it more taste a little more like a potato, but it's, we get the most delicious. And sometimes we put in roasted mushrooms chopped in there too. Make the delicious ba- um, bake mashed potatoes that are really made from like 90% cauliflower, so they don't then lower glycemic and a much wow. lower calorie. And, you know, we take all the all the traditional foods that say people want, and we show them a healthy version that's going to be that's going to help them reverse their diseases and get them well without and still have great flavor. Well, like I say. You have some menu there. I never thought just a beautiful menu. That, and, and to think that you can eat that without having, you know, all the problems that people do have. Yep. And my, my latest book that came out a few months ago with my latest television special was called Eat for Life. Eat for Life. Yes. Right? People who suggest yes. it's a great book for a starter, for people who want to get started with this. They can, it's a great starter book because it overviews my, all my other books, and it kind of like gives the overview of the program. It's got more than 100 great recipes in there to get people started, so I want to recommend that book that people should start with, my book Eat for Life. Wow. So um, I was going to see if we could have some people call in and ask you questions, but, boy, you're, I don't know if any, I want to stop you from talking. Because, um, I mean, you've got so informative and so many great things that we're sharing here. And I want people to know how they can, how, how do they get your books? Well, you know, like everybody else, it's like any books. You can always buy books on Amazon. But, of uh-huh. course, coming to my website, we can take them through the steps to get more information if they want to come to drfurman.com. Um, to D-R-F-U-H-R-M-A-N.com. And, of course, for more information about my books, and we have a lot of recipes there and a lot of information there. And if people, some people may be interested in learning more about my retreat in San Diego, but whatever it is, or my medical, or my, we do do phone consultations from around the country, you know, and we do, and, of course, I have e-books and, and booklets and all kinds of, and lots of things. People can just read a lot of information. They can learn more about this nutritarian approach if they want to, you know, what's, what, how should we say, boost their immunity and start to really make a tremendous improvement in their health using these scientific advances in nutrition. So, Doctor, what do you think about um, apple, cider, apple cider vinegar? You know, I think it's pretty good. One of my great recipes where I take, um, like, kale and collards or bro- broccoli leaves or any kind of green leaves and I dehydrate them with a sauce made with hemp seeds and cashews and apple cider vinegar and nutritional yeast and a little plant milk. You make this cream sauce for it. You massage the greens in the cream sauce, and then you can put it in your oven to bake, but we put it in a dehydrator to bake at 120, and we make these green green chips that we can put on, you know. But, of course, people can put it in the lowest level temperature of their present oven and just let it cook, but it's better if you have a dehydrator for that. But, yeah, I use and You know what's good is you make apple cider vinegar with cinnamon, and you put it in with some sparkling water, and it makes an incredible drink like champagne. That's not that's going to be much it. healthier for people. I love apple cider vinegar. Yeah, we make this. Um, um, we, we use a pomegranate balsamic mixed with a little um, sparkling water or with a little bit of fizzy water, you know, with a little uh, uh, using our pomegranate balsamic vinegar. And you wouldn't believe it. it doesn't sound like it tastes that good, but it tastes like a fine wine. It really makes it, people love it. 
So either, so I'm saying either the apple cinnamon vinegar or the apple cider vinegar with cinnamon and a little bit of spark, um, you know, the bu- bubbling water or the carbonated water makes an, an incredibly delicious, um, like extra drink so, instead so, of drinking sweet drinks. You just use a little vinegar. So how do, you feel, how do you feel about the green teas? Well, that's, it's good to use the green teas too, but we want, you know, to keep the cap, not some people, we don't want to get them too much caffeine. Yeah. You know, I give I, one of my supplements has a green tea extract in it with tumor. You know, with the people with cancer, we don't want to overdose them with caffeine, having to drink too much caffeinated beverages. But the point I'm making right now is yes, green teas and herbal teas are useful adjuncts to the diet, as long as people don't add honey, maple syrup, and other sweeteners to them. <laughs> yeah. That's why our teas are flavored. Like my chia tea tastes great without having to put sweetener in it. It tastes good as it is. You know what I mean? You don't want to put anything to sweeten it in. And then if you want anything sweet, we can use fruit or a little piece of dried fruit. We can soak a piece of dried papaya in there. We could soak a dried apricot in there. We can do something to bring out more flavor without adding, you know, sugar to it. I picked up some, uh, some nettles tea, which I had a friend. She's gone now, but she lived to be, um, and she was a, a retired nurse, and she had a goat farm. And I'm telling you, what she taught me about, this kind of stuff was incredible. And um, and she had all of her hair was just as dark as it was when she was born. She didn't have gray hair because of what she ate. And, you, know, um, so, so, you know what's so, so interesting is that when people ask me questions on the website at drferman.com, and people said to me, can this diet approach make your hair go from gray back to brown again? And I said, no, I don't think so. I don't think that can happen. You know, it's not going to do that much. And then a whole bunch of people chimed in and said it happened to them following this program. Their gray hair actually went back to brown again. You're kidding me. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that amazing? I mean, it, and so it must be prolonging people's brownness if it's made some people go back to brown. But tell me more about your friend. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Well, she, she, she lived, I mean, she was a character, and I, we were very close. And, um, but she ate, I mean, she knew about food. In fact, I think she's responsible for people putting labels on stuff because she talked about that, about writing into it. She read, read, and read, and read, and she wrote about stuff, and she always said, how do you know what you're eating? People need to put, you know, how much sodium and how much of this and how much of that. You know, you know what I say? You know what I teach people about reading labels? I say if you have to read labels on food, then you're not eating properly because you shouldn't <laughs> be eating food that has labels on them. If the food yeah. has a label on it, you only put it in your mouth. You follow yeah. what I'm saying here? I like do. The natural of foods don't contain labels. You shouldn't be eating so, food that are bags and boxes. Let, let, me ask you, let me ask you this: What do you do? What do you recommend recommend for people with kidney problems? Well, I recommend this nutritarian approach. That and and it. It depends, though. With some people with advanced renal, pro- advanced kidney problems, they they can't eat much potassium because the potassium could build up in the bloodstream if the creatinine is too high. So we have to modify the dietary recommendations to be lower in potassium than it normally is. But other than sometimes we give them a, a, um, a, a fiber that binds potassium called K-axalate as we feed them more vegetables in the diet. But generally speaking, I had a person here last month who was had a who was having kidney problems with his kidney. And invariably, when they follow this approach and eat so healthily, especially the soils and all the rich foods we're giving them, he had an improvement in his kidney function. He was only here uh, three months. It didn't go back totally to normal, but it made a tremendous move in the right direction. You know, so we do see people make tremendous progress. And as you know, sometimes with autoimmune kidney problems, we actually see complete recoveries from the autoimmune diseases in the kidney and the hip. And, the, and I've had a lot of cases of autoimmune hepatitis get well and IgE nephropathies and lupus nephropathies. A lot of people make complete recovery as a result of following this approach from kidney problems. Well, you know, for years we've heard that you are what you eat, and this has never been so true as it is today. And so um, I, I, just, I just don't understand why people don't get this. I mean, I'm speaking for myself as well, because, um, I mean, I remember I was raised in Pennsylvania, an Italian family, 
and my grandfather grew corn and grew all the things, fresh vegetables, and nobody was ever sick in that family. That's just yeah. how it was in the old days. And they went to the they went to the um, farms and they got uh, Amish Dutch. They had fresh sausage and you know they don't use any preservatives or anything. And they bought their eggs from there and they went and got nuts in the farm and this is how they lived. My grandmother made sauce from the tomatoes. And well, in the what old days, what do you think about pasta? Oh, pasta is made from white flour. Generally mm, speaking, good, so huh? it's not it's not a food I'm recommending, but we do make edamame pasta and bean pastas that are for sale. And they're for sale. We have those in the you can buy in you know big in supermarkets today in health food stores. You can buy different types of other pastas, lentil pastas and things that are better for you with lower glycemic that taste fantastic. Now they have the finished pasta. You're right about that. Yeah, yeah. You you can get a different pasta that's much healthier. You're right. And, but by the way, years ago people spend a lot more money on their uh, percentage of their food income on food. And today they spend less on food, but they spend much more on medical care. So they take they, these people spend four hundred, five hundred, eight hundred dollars on medical care because they, and then they yeah. spend less on food and they put junk food in their body and then they get sick and have to keep them. And the health we have a health care crisis where it costs so much to get health insurance today because everybody and their brother is sick, and and, and people are flooding medical doctors' offices getting drugs, and we have a sickly population popping pills. It's absolutely insanity. They're popping pills that cause cancer. These medications cause cancer. They're carcinogenic, and they're popping them so they can still eat their bad food to make a long number on a blood test look better. The whole world has gone insane. You know, instead of going back to good health and learning how to be healthy, we're thinking that medical doctors have the answer. We've got a whole new religion where a belief system is popping pills from pharmaceutical companies now instead of living a healthy life and eating healthfully. That's because you go to most doctors and they give you this stuff, it, prescriptions. I mean, well, why, are you um, going to most doctors? why are you going to most doctors? I've never, I don't go yeah. to doctors. I don't even go to myself. That was well, a joke. I was just making a joke. No, no, no. You're absolutely right <laughs> about that because um, I, I have a, I had a doctor. Now he's in charge of the hospital, but I had a doctor who was a pharmacist first and he took care of my mother and myself for years and he would take away medications. That's what right. you're supposed to do. Yeah, most doctors need help themselves with how to learn how to be healthy. They don't even know themselves. They didn't learn it. They're just, they're just like pharmacists. So just like and a pharmacist, you know, I read, a drugstore person. The University of Pennsylvania is just now starting to teach natural medicine. That's where I went to medical school, by the way. Did you know that? Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, went to, I graduated from the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine in 1988. Well, I'm told that's a pretty good school. It was a pretty good school. It's a very, very, it's an excellent medical school. And I had a wonderful time And they teach there. natural health there, right? Natural healing and Not, natural health. I, I, nah, I don't, I wouldn't say that. I don't know what they do today, but I doubt that most medical schools are way behind the times in what So when did you, when did you go? You said it was 30 years ago or so? Yes, I graduated from medical school in 1988. I think I was 33 years old when I graduated. I think I for 34, I went, I went to medical school. I think if you look that up now, they actually are teaching that now. I know for a fact they are. Because well, I, I had a big deal about this. I said, why are they teaching this? Why aren't you? Because why are you not teaching natural healing? Well, you know, when I went to medical school back in the 80s, they made me chairperson while I was there of the Nutritional Education Committee at the medical school. And they've, you know, I did, they were a very forward-thinking medical school. And they were, and I, I could see that, it's, that I could see the possibility of them moving with the times at a little faster clip than maybe other schools are. But one thing we know is that this field of lifestyle medicine and nutritional medicine is growing rapidly. And more and more doctors are getting into it. And the explosion of members to the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and even as a new board certification of doctors now can get in lifestyle medicine. So absolutely what we're talking about is this is a growing specialty among medical doctors, even though the vast majority don't know that much about it. It's still growing. There's more interest in it, and people are starting to see the light a little bit. You know what I mean? You know, I've been watching this, this crazy movie. Not crazy, but it's a movie about... Uh, about um, 
Arthur in the ground table and, and there's a doctor who's, who sends his helper out in the woods and that's how they've been cheering all these people for years, um, using herbs. Well, you know, I hear what you're saying and we can give people some natural substances that can aid them. But of course, we want to get people away from this cure mentality and thinking that health comes from something you can take to add to what you eat, to add to your diet. And I'm saying the core structure of the diet has to change. You know, we, can't, we can give you an herb to make you sleep better or wake you up or to make you urinate more or urinate less or whatever we have to do. But of course, the efficacy of the substances, natural or not, are proportional to their toxicity. And even herbs that have pharmacologic effects have some toxic effects. And what we're trying to teach people is how to avoid the need for medicinal substances, even natural, yes. even natural substances. I mean, I'm more yes. of a naturopath than the naturopaths are. You know what I mean? I'm, what I'm saying is that ideally, and we learned this in medical school, school too, ideally you want people to know how to, how to, to learn how to avoid needing medical care and avoid having to take substances to lessen the symptoms of disease. We don't want them to take medications to, for migraine headaches. We don't want them to take herbal products to relieve migraine headaches. We want them not to get migraine headaches because they're living properly. It follows a little different emphasis here. I'm not saying I... You know, I have use... a couple of daughters, doctor, and they're in their uh -huh. 50s now, and they have, they have migraines that are debilitating. Well, it doesn't have, have to years. happen. Yep. Well, it doesn't have to happen, and that's my message. My message is, is that when they get sick of being sick for years, they can start to pick up my books, read more information, and start to take control of their health. And instead, they go to doctors and try to and take poisonous substances and think that's the answer to their... And, and if they're having migraines, that's demonstrative that they're living unhealthfully and they're doing something's wrong, or they wouldn't have that happen. It's not just luck or genetics, it's that you're doing something wrong when your body gives you a message like that. And what you have to do is figure out what you're doing wrong so you can get well and fix it. Because just trying to cover it up with drugs is not the way you're going to get, you know, it's going to just make things Amen. worse in the long run. Amen. So get so, your daughters um, on board here, you know. You know, I can't believe this is almost an hour that we're talking. I can't believe the time is almost up. And I just tell you that we need to continue this conversation at a later time. I would love to have you back. Um, well, great. I'd love to be I, back, and I because I want to get as much. I want to get people, you know, stop people from hurting themselves if we can. You know, because we have a wonderful listening audience here, Doctor. This is a national radio show, and I I know that people do hear it, and I want to talk about this kind of stuff because, I mean, people need to hear it. People need to. As you say, not take them as medication and 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 help themselves and cure themselves and um, yep yep and got, you, we got to uh, start our, if, our if you if you suggest that one book that you have is the best book that you can think that person should start out buying that eat to, well, yes. eat to live is it eat for life eat to live was my earlier book but I think uh -huh. people should get my latest book. It has more recent science, more recipes, better overview of all the things this can do for us. So I think Eat for Life would be the best starter book for people to get. It's, you know, it came out this March. And it's, um, okay. So in any case, um, it, you know, it's always get, get the most updated version. You know what I mean? And Amazon, right? That's how you get it? They can get it on Amazon or any booksellers, Barnes and Nobles, or they can go okay. to drfirman.com and get one. You know, they can get it anywhere they want to go. They can get it if they want to get it. Okay, and um, finally, um, I, I can't thank you enough for being a part of our our team here. And um, I'll I'll come I'll have your staff contact me, and we'll set another time up. And um, is that is good for you mostly? Absolutely, I can. You know, I'm I am flexible, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm always excited about getting more people to be enthusiastic about taking better care of their health because they don't realize what's possible in this arena. They don't realize how important this is and how it could, how much more, not just feeling better, 
but also emotionally feeling better and being happier about life and having less fear and enjoying eating more. So what I'm saying right now is it, it really is a wonderful to see people who've made this transition who are so much happier and healthier. Yeah, of course it is. It's, I mean, this is your baby. You've, you've, you've been doing this yeah. for a long time, and you have seen more people who have gotten better, right? You know, that's, that's the thrill. And, you know, I, it's, I talk about giving people superpowers, you know, that they get well and they, that they get so excited about what happened to them and they want to share it with others. And it gives people this power to have a good effect on other people and they become role models. They, like, they feel good about themselves now that they got their health back and lost the weight and they feel that they can be a good role model for other people. And it gives them more, more good influence in their life. That, that's good, what better, it's all about. It really is. Yeah, goodwill um, for others, you know. I mean, more and more people are living to be older, and and that's why there's so many problems with with um, older people. Okay, older people getting ill is that there's so many older. You live to be a little older now, and and um, you've abused your body for so many years, and now it's breaking down, and and it's because of what you eat and how you, and I guess a lot of what you think. Nowadays, you know, we can age slower. We can have our full mental faculties as we get older. We cannot have joints. We cannot. We can have our full physical capacity. We can keep our youthful vitality, and we can, when we can live longer, we don't have to get sick before we pass away. We can narrow that curve so when we, when we get tired at the end of life, we kind of like fade away around 100 years old, and we really enjoy the full life of everything we wanted to accomplish in life and have a real, you know. So I'm saying it's not just living longer. What you're saying too. It's, really being fully alive and enjoying your life all the years you're alive. So, um, and so and lastly, we're going, to be going, we're going to be off the air in a minute, but what about memory problems? Does that have to do well, with food as well? Absolutely. I mentioned preventing dementia as part of the, we talked about earlier in the show, but preventing dementia, we're talking about the fact that we don't have to lose our memory and lose our minds as we get older. And that's 100%, 100% is dietary induced. And we give people the, with this protocol of taking up these high nutrient substances with, of course, taking the right supplements. We're talking here about the DHA, you know, but to protect their brain. We have that all locked up and scientifically studied of how to give people that degree of protection. Well, I've just got to, I'm going to have to sign off here, doctor. It's been a pleasure having you on. I just, I was looking forward, so looking forward to having you on. I want to have you back. So I'll have your staff call me, and we'll make arrangements to get you back and finish this conversation. And um, hopefully uh, people um, can have learned something from this conversation. And and um, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on our show. My pleasure. Thank you for, of course, the wonderful work you do and having me on. And, of course, best of health thank to you, you very and much. listeners. Thank you very much, doctor. And I, I did see a a tape of you and your daughter and your family and how, how lucky you are to work with your children like that. Thanks again. Thanks so much.